single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. What'd you do today? Nothing. I woke up. I had coffee. I talked to my dad. I sent some emails. Do you and your dad get along well? Yeah. Like, as good as you get along with everyone? Yep. Took a lot of patience on my side. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with them? Uh, I mean, everybody's just human, you know? And for whatever reason, I think I have, like, this ability to just sort of, like, step back from situations and be like, they're trying their best. We're not recording yet, are we? We could be. <laughs> are we? <laughs> but, uh, you know. It's but, great. It's great. Like, I've noticed, like, with pretty much all of my relationships, whether it's fit, whatever, I always feel like I'm going, I'm, I, now I'm all self-conscious, but I feel like I put in a lot of effort. And with then everyone. Event, yeah, but then eventually it sort of pays off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, sort of break down, break through. Right. And you, the only way to do that is, like, with patience and understanding, forgiveness, love. And, I think I'm a pretty nice guy. But I think there's like four dudes where I'm like, they're so nice. They're not going to want to hang out with me because they're just on another level of nice. Hilarious. <laughs> but if they really were nice, they'd be like, of course I want to hang out. You know what I mean? Like by definition, they'd be like, yeah, let's have some laughs. They'd want to hang out, but they, then they leave and the guard's kind of a bad person. No, nice people don't think that. If people think people are bad, then they're not really nice. <laughs> well, like not bad, but like uh, he's a little too naughty for me. No. Like Dude, he, like my best friend's Ari Shafir. Do you know what I mean? True. Like that's my that's best true. friend. I don't and know why I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the sweetest person yeah. in the world. Except, but not really. But really. Like he's a sweet, nice guy. He has a good heart. 100% so. But he's a naughty boy. Hey, man, we're all human. Yeah, but and there's I do, levels. But I understand. Like I, th- I think everybody's nice, but people protect it. And then some, pe- some people can get so lost that they sort of lose that, like the Grinch or whatever, like they get <laughs> so lost that they don't even acknowledge it, but it's always there. Yeah, I think, no, I think I'm nice. There's just you, Brenton Biddlecombe. I love that dude. Lucas Hurl. They are good dudes. Uh, you guys are like a next level of kindness. <laughs> I think it's easier to go through life that way. To be kind? Yes. It probably feels better. I tried everything else. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. No one's ever been mean and walked away going, glad I was mean. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good thing I was mean just now. Exactly. But no, I'm never mean. I just sometimes, you know, if there's someone I don't necessarily want to be around, Mm -hmm. I just am short and move on real quick. That's but not I mean, bad. I fe- That's I f- healthy. But I feel like the three of you, I don't know why I can't think of any other examples right now. You three, I guess, are the top of the nice scale. That's a are very like, kind compliment. Thank are you. Are like to everyone, hey, how are you? Good to, you know, like we'll sit down and engage for five minutes. Mm-hmm. No problem. You'll give, you'll give five minutes of your day to someone. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And it's, and maybe it is because it's just five minutes, but still. It is. I, I'll. I'll take my five minutes. I will say this, though. Yeah. 
you see me when I'm at my best. When I, when I have, like, I need to, I need legit alone time. Yeah. Like, you asked me what I did today, and I'm like, nothing. <laughs> you just stayed at home. I stayed at home. I drank coffee. I texted some friends. I talked to my dad, and I listened to baseball on the radio. Because I need that. Yeah. Because I do have that, that desire to give people my time, and I had to learn boundaries. I'm like, oh, okay, you need to recharge yourself. Or else you'll get to the point where you'll just get pissed at people. And, that, and that'll and make me feel bad. I'm trying to think if I've never... I don't think I've ever seen you pissed, but I've seen... Oh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it happening, but I've never yeah. seen it. That's how nice you are. People are like, has Steve Simone ever been mad? And someone's like, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah people <laughs> describe it like it's Bigfoot. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. What did it look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm a human <laughs> being, of course. Like, once I went to a Dodgers game, you know, David Deary? Yeah. And I was like, I have a thi- I have an aversion to traffic, and he's just laid back. And I'm like, uh, and he was like, just go here. And then, then it got worse. And I'm like, now I have to turn around. <laughs> and he loved it. Like he was like, this is great. I've never <laughs> seen you pissed. And then I was at the airport like a month ago with Joey Diaz, and our flight kept on getting delayed. Then it eventually got canceled. And then I was flying out the next day. We were, missed our connecting flight to do a show that night, so the show got canceled. And instead of flying. From this, the city we were supposed to go to, which was Atlanta, instead of flying straight from Atlanta to L.A., I bought a ticket to go see my parents because I was already on the East Coast. And then they wanted to put me on a flight that was so late that I was only going to see my parents for two days. And then it was only going to be one day because the flight they wanted to put me on. And I'm like, this is unacceptable. And I just sort of I kept my calm. But Joey kept on kicking my leg. Yeah. He was like, calm down, dog. Calm down, dog. If someone's, if that, yeah, I would, I would expect the opposite to be happening where you're telling him to calm down. Yeah. But it, was it was great. Yeah. And it was Joe who was like, <laughs> he's my favorite person. I love everything about that guy. <laughs> like we were stuck at the airport for like eight hours. Do you have any idea how awesome that was? Like what a gift that was. Just hanging out with just Joey. Just hanging out with Joey with nothing to do but listen to his stories. Yeah, I'm like, just this making is, you laugh the whole time. Oh my God, he's got the best stories. Dude, I heard you have amazing stories. Uh, I don't, not really. I have a few interesting chapters in my life. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not full of stories like Joey or Theo. Those guys have lived a thousand lives. But I mean, lives. well, Theo, like, pro, like, you know, are they real stories? I don't know. Dude, he's one of my all time favorite comedians. Oh, he's amazing. Because he's created his own version of comedy. <laughs> That's true. You know, like where it's like if he was a musician, he was like, you haven't heard this sound before. And you're like, what is that? It's like the Beatles or something. You're like, it, it's yeah. so unique. When I watch him, that's the thing. When I watch him do a set the whole time, because, you know, as a comedian, you kind of analyze people while you watch them. You, yeah. It's hard for me. I can't really just sit down and lose it in comedy anymore. No. Even with Theo. So when I'm watching him, the main thought that's reoccurring is oh, I could never do this. It's awesome. This is something I could never emulate. I could never even try. Like, you could never, no one's ever going to say to Theo, oh, that guy's doing your joke. No, it's impossible because yeah. it's like he's created his own language in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, he'll, it's surreal and silly and then also deeply personal and vulnerable. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, how do you do that, man? It's awesome. It's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. I think my niceness, my niceness weirds him out, though. Like, really? I remember he was like, do you? He goes, like, whatever. Well, no one tell me. Like, I remember when we were in Montreal, he was like, I bet you just have a bunch of dead Care Bears up in your room. 
I'm like, no. yeah, no, I've heard that about really nice people. People are like, they're so nice, but you know, what darkness is in there? Yeah. What's the darkness, which everyone's got? Yeah, which is, I try to put that out there too. I'm like, yeah, yeah I get angry. My life's not perfect. You didn't like your dad growing up? No, I did. It's oh, yeah. just that um, I think, I think the easiest way to describe, like, in broad terms, like, okay, you see people on a surface level. And then there's like a lot, and then you go down and you're like, oh, here's the darkness. Here's what doesn't work. Here's what sucks. And I think a lot of comedians dig here and they stay in that. But if you keep on digging, it's just love. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, I think if you ever really get to know anybody and really know them, it's impossible not to love them. If you really get What if to they know have them. a really kind of whiny voice? Stick the texts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I want to love you, but your voice is just obnoxious. Could you just wear this voice modulator? Could you, Could talk you like ever Darth tell some, Would you ever tell someone if they have like really bad breath or BO? Oh, that's a good question. I remember we had this teacher, Mr. Elias, in uh, 11th grade, or was it? No, it was 10th grade, which is even like one of the worst years of your life. And he, he smelled really bad. And I was hanging out with these kids that our student teacher called the bozos because we were idiots. <laughs> and I think it was Alex Camarda bought uh, a can of Guard, like old school 80s, 90s style deodorant and uh -huh. just left it on his desk when he left the room. And we all died. We thought it was the funniest thing ever. Do you think he got the hint when he sees it even? I think so. Oh, yeah. Because people with BO don't really know they have BO, right? I'm very conscious of BO and bad breath. Yeah. But someone who... Where I'm who, always chewing but gum. But you don't have a problem. No one's ever said, Steve Simone, oh, watch out, he's got B.O. But someone who does... I think it depends how close I am to somebody. <laughs> like, I don't break anybody's balls, but my dad. I break my dad's balls. Like, I will roast him, like Don Rickles in 74. I'll, like, that's how my family... My family, we break everybody's balls, but I don't break anybody's balls unless I'm so close to you. Got it. So if someone... So that answers the question. If someone, you know... Has bo or bad breath? You're just taking a step back. You're not going to tell him. Pretty much, unless I'm like, if it was my brother or something, I'd be sure. There. Unless you're good enough friends with them, where you're yes. like, hey, dude, uh, yeah. take it. Here's a mint. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of that a tell joke on skanks for the memories. What's that? Joke? Oh my god, it, dude, that's what I think probably the greatest comedy album. I can't believe it wasn't filmed, but best comedy album ever, Skanks for the Memories. Where he's like, you can't even be nice to anybody anymore. <laughs> Everybody's so sensitive. Do you ever try to just offer somebody a piece of gum? And they're like, gum, why do I need it? Is my breath bad? Do I need a piece of gum? Hey, 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 relax. I was just trying to be nice. If I wanted to give you something you needed, it would be mustache wax and a T-shirt that says one cock at a time. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> I love that dude. Yeah, he's amazing. I like his, even his Netflix, his latest Netflix special, which is a few years old at this point, but... I was one I didn't of my even favorites. know Attell had a Netflix special. Or yeah, I think it was Netflix. It was it was the one where he did three different venues and he put cameras out uh to just audience members. He would just hand people like little mini How tripods. How do I not know hold. this exists? It's really good. It's one of my favorites. So it's cut between him performing at three different places, like a different fifteen at each venue. Okay. But it's kind of guerrilla style as far as the filming goes. He cool. has a couple cameramen, but then he also just, you, you see him do it as he walks up on stage. He just hands someone a camera in the audience, an audience member. That's so you're really getting cool. all these kind of weird shots. That's that are fun. Low, you know, not the highest production quality, but Who it's cares? just cool. Yeah, 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 it's just cool. It's the experience.
I remember the, my two favorite comedians before I started to do comedy. Like the, yeah, because I think once you become a comic, like you said, it sort of changes your perspective on things. But they were Attell and Chappelle in the 90s. They were so awesome. And that was both before. Great. One's, you know, a better race than the other, but they're both good. <laughs> Who are your guys now that you like to watch? I like watching Theo. Yeah, me too. I like watching Santino. Oh, yeah, he's great. I like watching Michael Costa. He doesn't come by this. He's in New York he's too in, much. He's in New York now. But, but he's but great. I, but I like watching him. Dude, he's so cool too. Like you yeah. look at Michael Costa and you're like, that dude's a dick. Oh, yeah. He's tall and handsome. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. fuck you, man. Yeah. Uh, and he's like the kindest, sweetest dude ever. That's a nice guy, Michael Costa. Nice guy, Fahim. Awesome. Uh, I, just saw, I just saw Fahim's video he did with uh, Melissa. I didn't even see it. The dance video parody. You know him, Melissa V. Senor did one? Yeah, it's awesome. All, all it's, his dance videos are awesome. It's awesome. But this is great. Leonard Robinson's in it. Okay, so Fahim, who was the other one? Fahim, Costa, Theo, Santino, uh, Jeselnik. Oh, yeah. As far as bigger names. But Dude, I just, Jeselnik. I, like, I just like people who try and push people's buttons. Something I also see it. the genius. He's created this thing that it's impo- he's, impo- he's bulletproof. From everything. I'm like, you're a genius. Right. He's another dude, super sweet. I don't know. Super him at nice all. guy. Don't know him at all. He's just and kind maybe of, the best joke I'm writer. Not, he's I've never ever done seen. anything. I've never seen him be mean to anyone, but he's also just, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just his persona on stage, but he's just, you know, a little nerve. I wouldn't want to approach him. Yeah. There's a few people that are like that, even Dalia a little bit. Nothing yeah. bad about them. They're just yeah. kind of. You know, they're stars. I don't want to go up to them, but it's not even just the stars. Just the the way they carry themselves are just a mm. little standoffish, but not in a bad way. I get it. Yeah. They don't oh, to totally. Mess with people, but you know, it's not. Theo has that kind of warm, warm. embrace where he you does. you think you, even if you don't know him, you can go up and say hi, and he would be like, "Good to meet you." Yes, and, and they, people do, and yeah. he does. And those other guys pr- are probably really friendly if you introduce them too, but they're, maybe they're just shy. They're just more shy. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I, f- I feel like I'm the same way about myself. I'm painfully shy. Yeah, I think people watch my set and they, most people don't want to come up to me after, even if they really like me because I, I put off a similar vibe. And so those big, those big guys where I'm just like, uh, I don't want to, you know, I'm not the warm, friendly type. I was you don't know you were. Me. Maybe because I kind of knew... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I met you in San Diego or the Ice House for the first time, but I feel like I've I don't Probably know. Ice House. I'm from San Diego, but I didn't do comedy there. Okay. I mean, ne- I have Never since. at the... Um, La Jolla? No. Oh, Madhouse. I mean, I've, done, I've gone there since, but I started in LA. What was... There was a coffee shop. Lestat's? Yes. I did Lestat's. Because I, I kind of think I met you there before I met you at the... There, I have a feeling we met at the store, but okay. I, don't rem- I don't remember meeting you either. That's my favorite. Yeah. Like, they're my favorite kind of friends where I'm like, I don't... I've just known you. I've just known them forever. I don't yeah, know I don't how remember, it happened. I don't remember our first meet. It's the best. Because I think, you know, certain people will have a, a meet and then a conversation. I think we met a bunch of times where we didn't really talk. Yeah, okay, just, what's up? Yeah, dude? yeah. So when you meet someone like that, then you don't remember. Yeah. And yeah. The, mo- most of my comedy friends are like that because yeah. we're always just all hanging out. Yeah. It's like, hey, so you, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that dude. I and then next thing you know, you're like. Also, you've been like, how long have you been doing comedy? 19 years. So you've been around forever. You know, over twice as long as me. And I imagine, too, or at least for me, like if I meet someone new, now I have to meet them kind of four or five times before I even 
remember them because there's so many people that come in and out of comedy. Yes. Where I'm like, I don't take someone seriously as a comic until I see them grinding for years, several years. And years, then I'm like, okay, they're, they're a comic. Yes. Because how many people have you met? They're like, oh yeah, I've been doing comedy three months. I lo- love the store. And then three months later, they're completely gone. You never see them again. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the things that I find interesting is how many people I've tried to help that just didn't put any of the work in. Like, how many people show up, like you said, and they're all gung-ho, and then you never see them again? A lot. Because, like, I, I, I was, I guess maybe because I'm nice or whatever, whatever the word is, I don't know. But since I, since I was a door guy at this store, people would always go, oh, I have a friend that wants to do comedy or, or my brother wants to do comedy or there's a guy at work that wants to do comedy. And I really don't know how many people I've met at the store on a Monday night, explained how the open mic worked, explained, explained how the open mic door guy, this is how our yeah. system is. I don't, think, I don't think anybody's gone three weeks in a row. And that's mind-boggling to me. Like, I'm sure there has to have been a few people. The potluck? That, that, oh, that you That I personally went out of my way and walked them around the store, explained everything. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I went twice a week for two years in a row. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the people that make it are the people that just keep showing up. Yeah. I think, like, that's the secret to life. You just Be keep cool showing up. and keep showing up. That's it. Yeah, it's true. I kind of gauge it now. If someone's asking me for advice or how things work you could kind of gauge it on their questions mm-hmm. like how serious ones they are or or their motives like if someone's like so how do i get friends and family of store if that's like their first question yeah. then i'm like you're not going to be around in three months uh-uh. i think the coolest thing about the comedy community what i love about it so much is that it's so anti-hollywood yeah that like all the stuff that would get like if you were an actor or something like all that fake stuff People using each other to get stuff, that doesn't play here. It just... You got to be yourself, bro. You could... People smell it. Uh-huh. Yeah. If, if you have someone that's there, like, trying to get something, everyone feels it. And everyone talks shit. It's gossipy, too. Every yeah. comedian talk... You know, go on any car ride with a comedian somewhere. The I whole can't. car ride, we're talking shit about someone else. That's why I try not to... Like, I try... That's one thing that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, really? If, totally so, if you're in a car and yeah. everyone's talking shit about someone... Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. Hilarious. I bet you there's people you talk shit about. Uh, Gotta be. There has to. Um, there are people that drive me crazy. Yeah. But I think that's different than talking shit about somebody. That's Does that true. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be honest. Right. But I won't, like, I don't give a shit what somebody else is doing. Oh, back to the thing where you won't tell someone they have BO or bad breath. Uh-huh. One time, I was dating this girl who had a big bush. Hilarious. Like, uh, and you know, bushes are back. I get it. But this was like a jungle down there. Uh-huh. It was un. Was she ethnic? She was, I mean, she was American. She uh-huh. was from Texas, but she was <laughs> that is like using uh, the word Mexican American. Yes. So I think she had Mexican family, but she, w- she didn't have an accent or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she had a big bush and I didn't have the heart to say, you know, we weren't, she wasn't my girlfriend. We were just kind of dating. Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't have the balls or the heart to go, hey, uh, I think you should trim. Yeah, I have to get better at all that stuff. I'm not good with like I mean, how do you do that with someone? I never want to hurt somebody's feelings. So long story short, 
I instead of telling her to shave her bush, uh-huh. I ended things between us. Get out of here, really? And over you know, that, was I mean, it, over it that? wasn't like that was one of the things, you know. Okay. I don't, but but yeah, it was it was over that. <laughs> but no, there were other. I mean, I don't think she, she, you know there, we weren't compatible. But that was one thing where I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to <laughs> see that, and I don't want to tell her. So <laughs> I don't want to see that. So, but I never told her. But then, and I was 22 at this time, mm-hmm. and then I had a friend uh, who had never met her send her a text from his phone saying, "Hey, you should shave your bush." <laughs> so just a random, and just a random number saying you should shave your bush, and she responded to the text and said, "My boyfriend loves it," <laughs> and then. And then he responded and he said, trust me, he doesn't. And then that was it. And I feel like that's probably a mean of me to do that. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. But it's like an 80s movie. It was like mean, but it was all I I wanted to let her know because for sure everyone's going to feel the same as me. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell her myself. So I did it in a meaner way. Yeah. I think there's a way you can do that. I think everything's timing, right? It's like stand up. It's like, oh, now I can work on this. Like, have you ever been on stage? Like, there have been times I'm starting to say stuff on stage now that I tried working out seven years ago. That just, it just didn't like it. Like the N word? (laughs) Exactly like that. (laughs) Nutella. Um, There's moments. Could you imagine Steve Simone saying the N-word on stage, even in a joke or somehow getting away with it? Oh, I did. I did. You did? Yeah. Because there was a rumor years and years ago uh, that like when Mitzi would still come into the club Uh and like was mysterious and we were all afraid of her and stuff, you know? Like when I first got to the store, I think I was still doing open mics. I don't even know if I had a door guy job yet. But the rumor was Mitzi said the next person to use that word on stage in a creative way will become famous. So, <laughs> so everyone was trying to do right, it. Right, 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 right. Hilarious. Right. So there was a chapter. It was like Willy Wonka put golden tickets in the bars and everybody started to open up bars. So there was a chapter <laughs> of the comedy store where everyone was trying to use the N-word in a funny way on stage. A, a very brief chapter. That's amazing. And I came up with a, like a joke joke kind of thing but it just seemed i remember asking everybody if somebody else had done it because it just came to me too easily yeah so i did it like once i (laughs) i would love to meet an audience member after potluck during that brief phase and they walk out and they go yeah it was a good show like except for that racist chubby guy no more like but there was like 20 comics (laughs) who were saying the answer (laughs) because everyone's trying to do one well there was a point in the early 2000s where people would just use that word ironically like almost like, guys? yeah like almost like verbal skydiving weird i was not a it was right before it was kind of like you know i'm not being serious yeah like i'm saying this to be so ridiculous no one would do that now no well i think did you the other night at the store what i thought was really cool was everybody's wearing those like fake trump hats that said make comedy offensive again Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, I saw a couple of people. With and us. I'm like, yeah, dude, we have to start fighting for if we don't fight for freedom of speech, nobody's going to fight for freedom. of speech. Oh, yeah. Did you see that whole uh, that joke on Comedy Central about the rapper? Yeah. It's like, Venmo? here's the thing. 
I try to make my comedy a hug. I really do. I run yes. it through way too many filters because I don't even it's such a complicated thing that I care so much about. But for me, it's a way comedy is just a, a vessel I can give and receive love, to be honest with you. That's the truth. With that said, I will defend any comedian's right to say whatever they want, especially. Yeah, the, you're still a comedy fan. Yes. You're a comedian that yes. doesn't do, uh, you know. And you have to defend the freedom of speech that does offend you. Because if you defend the stuff that you also agree with, then you're not defending freedom of speech. You're defending your point of view. Have you ever had someone offended at one of your jokes? I'm sure there has to have been. But that said something to you? I'll tell you something that did hurt my feelings. Um, and it is a reason why, like, on my last comedy album, I tried to be a little more. Like, I still want the comedy to be a hug and life affirming. And I want people to leave feeling better. But if it's so overwhelmingly positive, I don't want to give people the false indication that my life's always been perfect or whatever. I'm like, no, I've. Yeah, you're still. I'm, I'm a human being. I've been through darkness. There are things I continue to do that disappoint me, myself, whatever. But one time I was on stage, and then after after the show, and it was just like really nostalgic, fun. This was probably like five years ago, and it was just stories about me and my brothers. And I wanted people. I remember that phase. And I remember people to be like, oh, those little moments really are the best things in life. Yeah. But you I, did, that was your first album, right? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And there's still a lot to my, like, I, I, I was in such a dark place for so many years that there was no joy in my life. Right. Like, I was angry and miserable. But in a way, I thought I would get rewarded for that as an artist. Like, I think there is. A I got weird what you're trying to do. I think it was like you were trying to, yeah, capture these child, make your your set at the time. You're trying to make your whole act, uh, kind of like a chapter of your life. Well, what I was trying to a moment try try to go like, if I could see the joy in yesterday, why can't I see the joy in the now? Mm -hmm. You know, and that, I think that's the cool thing about nostalgia. You just filter things. And I'm like, oh, wait, you can just filter things now, like focus on gratitude, focus on the positive instead of saying everything sucks. I'm right. like, it's so easy to say everything sucks. Yeah. I knew that at eight. Yeah. Like people go, oh, were you such a happy kid? I'm like, no, I, I knew what was going on. I was very self-aware then. I'm like, oh, my God, people are brutal. Um, but then you can still find the joy. So once after a show, somebody just tweeted at me. They were like, fuck you and your brothers. <laughs> And I felt bad, not because. And do I was you think like, they were? Was it malicious, or do you think it was? No, I think it was oh, malicious. It was. Okay, because it almost sounds like a joke. Yes, because you're so happy and positive. Like, why would anyone say "fuck you" and your brothers? Well, I think yeah, sometimes people they just they're mad that they're not their life. Something's going on in their life. Correct. That's most of the time when you get Always. a hater on the internet. Oh, or in real life. Or in real life, it says more about them than it does you. So that's then true. that's when you have, just have to sort of step back, step back and either completely disengage and be like, this isn't worth my time or just love them through it. Like I was talking Did to you a, respond. Did you block them? What was your, I nerves? think I just blocked them and I was like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give them. If something happens energy. on my YouTube or my Instagram, I block. Yeah. It's just, if goodbye. it's negative, I just want to keep it positive. Yeah, Keep it positive. But exactly. You know, sometimes I'll get posted on someone else's podcast or someone else's, uh, my standup will get posted on someone else's channel. Yep. And then I'll see some of the negativity and I can't. That's why it. I've never posted yeah. anything on YouTube. And that's like, I think I'm just okay with it now. 
where I'm like, all right, well, people are going to shit on everything. Like, I just started to do all this charity stuff. and uh, Oh, yeah, I've been seeing that. We'll give a shout out to helpstevehelp.com. Helpstevehelp.com. Just give a buck. I'm just trying to get people to give a dollar. So is this, they give a buck. is helpstevehelp.com. So I see it's you trying to do nice things for other people, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Is it a charity? This is, is it, what it is. It's so simple. It's just. Technically, though. Because I feel like this could just be, you're basically starting a chair, an unofficial charity. Yeah. Well, I tried to do something similar a couple of years ago. Okay. And then I linked up with this official charity called Regular Hero. Right. I remember that. Which I'm still on their board. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, man, we just want to help people help. That's sort of like the same thing. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, you want to go feed homeless people, but you have 20 bucks? All right. Well, do you need a ride down the to Skid Row, we'll give you like it's just the littlest things, little acts. And uh, Al Magical just just an angel, and he was like, "Hey man, I've been thinking about the stuff you do. I want to help." He goes, "I just want to help Steve help." And he went, "Ooh, there's a title," and bought the domain name. And oh, that's the, nice, huh? Yeah. Oh, and did videos and marketing, and like this is what's only oh, been wow. up for two weeks, and we've already raised three thousand dollars for a mom that um, lost her son to cancer. That's great. Is so, she hot? Hmm. That's a very subjective question. Uh, okay, so she's no, got she's five not, other kids. She's not hot. Well, she, she's had five kids. Someone thought she was hot. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And she's all. She was always asking me to help other families. She never asked for help herself. So I'm like, you know what? And then I just wanted because I know she didn't have a car for a long time, and was taking the bus to the hospital. That's five kids taking the bus. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, and then. Not good. To like a, to, it was awful. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta help this woman. So I just texted her to check in with her, and I found out that they just had to move. So they needed to buy everything for all furniture and all the necessities for a home with five kids. In in are they in Los Angeles? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you even meet her in the first place? She works at the hospital. Got it. Well, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah. You're doing that. My dream charity, if I became. Uh, rich and successful. Mm-hmm. I used to do these long distance skateboard trips. I, don't cool. know if I told you about those, but like in 2010, I skateboarded from Oregon to New York, and then 2012, I skateboarded from San Francisco to San Diego. So I would do these like long distance marathon skateboard longboard runs. Uh huh. And I want to do a yearly event where anyone who wants to do it can do it. And we skateboard from Los Angeles to San Diego. Cool. So it would take about one weekend. Yeah. But then we do it and raise money, obviously. That's awesome. Have you talked to David Deary about any of that stuff? Mm, I can't remember. He just dropped in yeah. on a oh, I saw that for video. the first time yeah, yeah. and got Tony Hawk and Sal from Pizza Nista. I saw that video. Sal's full-on partner with me on Help Steve Help. And he's, oh, the, one, cool. he's the one that got me to do it, really. Because I'm, I was so fearful of people going what are his intentions or like what darkness is he hiding or why would anybody and Sal was like hey man you're th- always going to have haters and he goes you have to think about that mom but what that can needs you a pos- car. if someone's doing a nice thing for someone I don't see what nah, there is I don't know man people oh Jesus you've got what you've actually gotten a hater for help see of help I've gotten a few things really yeah what what did someone say negative about help? How, what could you say negative? I kind of just like don't. It doesn't even register where I'm like, all right. I, I'm trying to think. I don't. I'm trying to think of a specific example because I think I got like two of them or something like that. Just within 
the last two or three weeks where I'm like, I don't even, there's certain things it's like, you just don't even, don't even let it register. People are talking about like diversity and sexism in America and equality. I think the real issue is negativity Mm -hmm. on the internet. I think that might be one of the biggest issues in the world. I think it's just uh, being cool. I think we're dividing everybody up so much, but there really are just, how can I say this? There are people that are just lost and they're overwhelmingly negative because they're hurting and they're just make things worse. But I think you can turn people like that around to make them cool. Yeah, like, if you talk to them, if you could actually sit down with them one-on-one. Yeah, like my hero, there's this guy, uh, he's a Catholic priest named Father Boyle who started that Homeboys Industries. Do you know anything about that? Is Homeboys a skateboard? And no, it sounds like industry? it. They're, what they do is they rehab people from prisons and gang oh, members and active this. gang members and just bombard them with love and give them jobs because that's all everybody wants the crazy thing about life is we complicate everything and we just want love and purpose right everyone wants the same thing everybody wants the same thing decent job a decent woman that's it a sandwich and somebody to share it with like that's what i figured out life for me that's all life is is something delicious and somebody to share it with because it sucks like if you're by yourself and it's like, it's not oh, as much yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. it's You know how I know it's not as much fun? Because I'll eat at different places depending on if I'm by myself or with someone. Yes. Like, if I'm with someone, I'm going, let's go somewhere good and share this experience yes. together. If I'm not with someone, I'm like, oh, I'll just go to Chipotle. Exactly. Yeah. 100% so I'm the same way. Yeah. Say, I don't even cook. Like, I know how to cook Italian food. But unless I'm dating somebody, I'm like, what am I going to just Yeah, I want, if I'm going to cook a big meal, I want someone else to experience yeah, or I'm like, I'll bring it up to the comedy store. Like, I was doing that for a while. Like, I would make baked ziti and bring it to the store, or make pizzas and bring it to the store. Yeah, I miss when Steve Trevino used to have barbecues. And that was the lot. best, that right? Was so cool. We got to bring that back. You know what? I'll ask Eric about that. Maybe we yeah. can use the Comedians Assistance Fund to throw for a barbecue yeah, on I Labor mean, Day or yeah, something. Yeah, you would just buy, a, you know, packs of hot dogs. You could set do, up a grill. You could, 50 bucks, you could feed everyone at Potluck. Everyone. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to uh, actually, I'm going to write that down right now. Can I do Is that weird to write yeah. it down right now? It's a good idea. I'll help you. Because yeah. you need. Dude, I think that is a great idea. Yeah, someone, because now Steve moved to Texas, right? Mm hmm. So someone should bring that back. Yeah, he's killing it. Is he? Yeah. I Last time I, I talked, talked to him, he was doing great. He's just headlining on the road. Headlining on the road, making a great living. Using, got his wife and yeah, kid in a normal. Yeah, I'm like, that's what I want. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's probably hard to get to that place and then hard to commit to doing that after like going for that L.A. thing for however long he did and then going, you know what? Fuck it. Yes. It's not working out here. Yes. I'm making money on the road. Goodbye. Like that's Later. always been my goal. That's like a scary thing. It's actually... Uh, you know, a courageous thing. Yeah. Well, the weird thing to me is like people that leave the business like completely or leave LA or somebody like Trevino that's do- like they all, I don't know if Steve has it, but a lot of my friends were like, they always kind of like feel like they're missing out on something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's it? There's nothing here. Like yeah. if you have a wife and a kid, like that's everything. For me, it's just like, sometimes I have fantasies of, 
working a regular job. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to quit comedy, but sometimes I'll, I will have a fantasy where I'm like, what would my life be like if yeah, I... Yeah, what, what do you think? What kind of jobs do you think? It could be anything. Working at an office, whatever the job yeah. is. I don't even know what it would be. Selling computers, whatever right. it is. But sometimes I'll just have that fantasy. But then I think to myself, but then I'll never find out where I would have been in comedy. Yeah. What, how many years have you been doing it? Uh, eight. Oh, God. I think that's one of the toughest points in your career. For me, it was. Yeah. From like seven to 12 or something was really tough. Yeah, I think it's it's the tough. For me, it's, it's tough just because you're at the point where you are confident on stage. You know how to do it. I'm mm-hmm. not saying you're amazing. I'm not saying I'm amazing or whatever, but... But I'm a capable comedian. Yep. So then you start going, well, I, why can I do this and this? Yeah, and you need access to stage time. Yeah. Like the further you progress, the more you need the stage time. Because you're like, you have all these complicated thoughts and you're like, I know I could connect this and this and I want to get this out and this is what I really want to say. So that drove me crazy when I was at, your sta- at, at seven to 12 years in. And then all your friends start to make it. Yeah. And then the other half of your friends quit. Yeah. So you start going, whoa, whoa, what am I? And then you hit the 12 year and you're like, ah, I got nothing. But now at almost 20 years in, I'm like, I could, I, I could never quit. Well, maybe that's not true. I was going to say I could definitely go get a normal job, but I'd still want to get up on stage. Yeah. Because I, I, I think that's sort of like the gym for your brain and creativity. Like I always get better ideas after I perform. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Right now, if I could just get a normal job, if I had a, like a little house with a garden. That's the thing. That's, you, it, that's the thing. I'm, I'm almost 30. Yep. 29. And I love comedy and I love what I'm doing. And I'm even scraping by and paying my bills. Yep. But I have that thought, man, at what point do I need to start saving for a house? Right. You know? Exactly. Like, at what point do I need to get a job? And say, okay, well, I love comedy, but I'm also did you ever don't want to live in like a like a 15 year old independent 15 year old for the rest of my life. Did you ever see Seinfeld's documentary Comedian? Yeah, it was great. What what he tells Orny Adams when he essentially tells him that? What's he telling? I don't remember. Like, I've seen it, but where like Orny was like, my friends, they're working on Wall Street, they're getting married, they're having houses, they're buying houses, and he was like, that's not your life. We're yeah. comedians. And he told the story about Benny Goodman's band when the plane went down and they come across that little quaint house and there's a family in there by the fire laughing and these guys are dragging their instruments across the field and they look in and they go, how do they do it? So I always wanted that. Yeah, it's also though. easy for Jerry Seinfeld to say that. He was a millionaire at age 23 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what he was, but he, he was he got successful, successful early. Fast, yeah. yeah, He was headlining very early. I don't think he was like, Obviously famous till Seinfeld, but yeah. he was doing just fine. People but that's, th- what you have to realize is if you're a comic, though, the lifestyle is the reward. Yeah. I think that's what he was trying to say. Yeah. Like, we don't have to wake up and sit in traffic. We don't have a boss breaking it's our true. balls. When was the last time you wore a tie? Like, if I'm complaining that I have to go work a cruise ship to make money, like, if I were to say that People to my pay friends. You go on cruises. Correct. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on, stuck on that thing for a week. People say the same thing that would be about Louis. Louis didn't make it until he was, you know, old. I'm like, no, Louis was the head writer of Conan 
in yeah. his twenties. Yeah, he's been. That's what I think so funny because of the sacrifices I've fame. had to pay. Yeah, fame to success, but they're not the same thing. Like I was destitute, legit poor for fifteen years, and then like you'll read like magazine articles on people, and they're like, "Yeah, he really." Paid his dues on Saturday Night Live and the Lonely could get sitcom writing jobs. I'm like, that is my dream. Yeah. And that was like the lean years for people. Right, exactly. They only made $800,000 that year. And I'm like, I haven't made that in my life every year combined. Yeah, yeah. It's like hilarious. Adam Sandler. Dude, he was the trivia delinquent when he was like 18 years old. On What's remote. The tri- he was a sketch character. There was a TV show that I loved. It was called Remote Control and it was all pop culture TV trivia on MTV and Colin Quinn, I think was one of the co-hosts, but then they did little sketches and Sandler would come out as the trivia delinquent. It was before he got SNL. I mean, I've been an Adam Sandler fan forever. forever. Yeah. I remember when he was Theo's friend on the Cosby show and there was just something, cause you know what it was? He looked exactly like my best friend, Brian's older brother, Adam. So I, in my brain, yeah, I always I'm felt like, like, I know that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, those so you've been doing it 19 years. Yep. You've probably had a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. What has been, of all the 19 years, you don't seem like a guy with regrets, Mm-mm. but of all the 19 years, of all the auditions you've done, the showcases, I haven't the done shows, that much of that stuff. That's what I but, think is so hilarious. But you've done, you don't think you have because it doesn't feel like maybe for 19 years, you know, everyone always wants to be doing more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've done a lot. I want to do, I'm at a point now where I want to do nothing. <laughs> I'm like, how can I just win the lottery and but hang you, out and have But laughs? what I'm saying is you have done a lot. Mm-hmm. You've, you're past at the comedy store. You've opened for a lot of people. You've done your own headlining shows. You mm-hmm. have albums. You, you've yep. done a lot of things. So of all the things you've done, of all the things you've auditioned for, what was the biggest failure or regret? Business-wise? Comedy, yeah, entertainment-wise, where there's something like, man, I wish I prepared more for that, or I wish I didn't ruin that set. Is what nothing? Uh, no, I don't have them. None. No, and I think that's where my peace of mind comes from. Like, I definitely don't have the career that I dreamed of. I definitely don't have the life that I've dreamed of. But I also feel like I've done the best with whatever opportunities came my way. And I'm like, whatever, man, it's out of my control. Yeah. Just show oh, up good. and try your best. That's it. That's well, pretty good. That's no really regrets. that's really where mm-hmm. I am with that stuff. I kind of, in some ways, I sort of like I always, not always. I don't know. Like I wish I was married and had kids, but I'm like, that could still happen. That could totally still happen. But I look at all the girls I've dated, and I'm like, yeah. So. Do you have any issues in your life that I could help you with? Is finding finding love is that your issue? Are you single right now? Single. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking about leaving LA. Where like, would you go? I don't know. I've been thinking uh, thinking about that too. Like, if for some reason I don't know. I mean, not for some reason. I think I know why. But every time I leave LA, I meet a girl I mm-hmm. like, and then I. But nothing happens because I. Live You're in not LA. there. Yeah. yeah. But every city I'm on in the road, I meet a girl. Like if I'm, if I quote unquote make it, if I start making more money, like right now I just make a living. Mm-hmm. And I'm great. I, there were so many years I didn't that one of the stand-up topics I really want to develop is that the best thing that ever happened to me is that none of my dreams came true <laughs> because I really am so grateful that I can go to Ralph's and buy ice cream because I was so poor for so long. 
you know? I didn't have a car for five years. I didn't have, uh, like, there were times where I had no money for food. So now that, like, I'm doing what I love and I can eat whenever I want to, I'm like, this is awesome. And I don't have to wake up, whatever. But I think if I were to make it, I'd move to San Diego. San Diego is awesome. Like, if I made, even if I was just had a completely full road schedule, I might move to San Diego. So if you're headlining 30 weeks out of the year, why not San live Diego? in San Diego? But then part of me also, I, I like just in terms of affordability and actually buying a house, maybe Florida. Like, so if you became rich and successful San Diego, but if you can realistically either Philly or Florida, but yeah, realistically, like I could buy a condo in Florida and a condo in Philly and still spend less money than it would take for me to buy a condo in Sherman Oaks. Still spend less on your mortgage than your rent is right now. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Crazy. And I'm like, wait a second. You should just do that. You should get a place in Philly, hang out with your brothers and nephews, get a place in Florida, move your parents. You should just start preparing for that dream now. Like get a condo in Florida, but rent it out. I would give it to my parents. Because they're or, already there. Like, yeah. that's one of the but things I mean, I'm so looking at. So you can at. afford to do it I now. Almost, yeah, almost. I almost did that this year. I was talking to real estate agents and a mortgage broker. But then something just told me that it's I'm It's a afraid. scary thing. It's a scary thing. Yeah. And then also, I just don't think the time... I wanted to see how this year economically... Because I, I think we're... And it just might be my inner pessimist. But I think the economy's getting ready to teeter. Well, according to the timeline of previous things yeah yes. we're at, we're I, at I see all point. the it feels like 2007 they say what, every again. every 10 years exactly roughly, and it's been 14 or something yeah i go this is it it's gonna like i don't want to buy a condo for 180 grand in florida this, you might be right but it's it also you i have the back of my head where i'm like i can't just live my life in fear, fear. it's just about timing i mean i think the only time that matters is if you're thinking short term but yeah, if you're buying true. a condo that you're going to keep for 50 years, it's true. That you're going to retire in and your parents are going to live in. Right. You're absolutely right. But if it's like, if it's 180000 now and six months from now, you could have bought it for 60. Yeah, you're going to feel you like. Blow that, your brains yeah, out. <laughs> like, I would, yeah. like, if I would have went, I could have just bought it in cash from what I put it as a down payment, could have bought. Because things did, I don't think they'll hit rock bottom like they did in 08. Yeah. But I had friends that were buying. I think one friend did buy one. I Do you know who Jason Lucas is? I've met him before. He was on the road with a, another friend of ours. And I think there was like beach block condos when everything really hit rock bottom for like twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000. In Florida? Yeah. Whoa. And I'm like, my God, if I had the money then. Could you imagine? I would have been done. Yeah. Done. That's, that's it. See, that's when the rich get richer. Exactly. Yes. Is when, when the economy is down. Then yeah. all the people with money are like, all right, let's scoop all these good deals up and that, watch it rise back up. Exactly. Right. And that's what I kind of want to wait for. Wait, because I've. it's always goes in cycles. Yeah, I guess it's like you might as well wait, wait because right now it's the highest it's ever been in the history of Exactly. Life. And I'm like, a year from now, I might just have to move to just get out of here. So, I don't know. We're going to take a couple calls, voicemails. Seriously? Yeah. That's hysterical. These are people who are calling in for advice. Oh, cool. Um, and we got to give it to them. This is from Yakov Kolon. Great name. Kolon Tara. I don't know how to say it. Oh, 
was long. The one thing I haven't been talking about was when I got into an affair with a married woman. She was married at the time, and I was in a relationship with her. She tried to let me go, but I couldn't, and I almost ruined her marriage. Until that day, I have never talked about it to anybody, really. And I really need therapy from that because for the things that caused her, it was so painful uh, for her and that process of almost getting divorced. And she had to go through that and it made me sad. And I always wanted to ask, why would I ever do that to a woman who's married 10 years older than me? And while I was trying to see her, my grandma passed away, the closest person that I loved, the person who raised me. I didn't have time for her. When she called me every day, she wanted my help, but I was too consumed into this affair that she passed away. And I never talked to anybody about it. And I really am looking for therapy in that part because I get emotional and sad and I cry at certain days and it makes me very sad because I never had the answers of why I ignored her and why I was chasing after her for pleasure, the married woman, while my grandma needed my help. But I couldn't provide it because I was so self-absorbed into what I wanted. And that is one issue that I need. All right, I think we get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think no one knows that you obviously didn't know your grandma was going to die. No. Obviously, you you know, you could live life in regret. Oh, I should have spent more time with my grandma. You didn't know. You were doing your thing with the married woman, mm-hmm. getting your dick wet. That's that's a guy. It's, I mean, yeah, are you, should you have been doing that? Probably not. But she's more to blame than you are. Mm-hmm. She was married, not you. Right. I would say this. Definitely go see a real therapist because I'm an idiot. No, no. I could help. I could help. Okay. This is what I would say. This is my gut. I go, you fucked up. Congratulations. You're a human being. Yeah. You did fuck up. And you know what? We all fuck up. We all fuck up. And luckily. You learn from it, though. You really didn't fuck up that bad. You're fine. You're healthy. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. You know, I don't know what happened with that married woman, if she's divorced now or if she's still with him. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But if it wasn't you, it would have been someone else. You think it was you that caused that? Caused that? No, she was, she was looking to act out. And you happen to be the one she did it with. It's great advice. So just move on. Learn, live and learn. You live, made a mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you recognize you're, you're calling and you know that you fucked up. It's a good, and I would also say it's probably a good sign that you feel bad about it because it means that you're uh, not going to do it again. Yeah, you're not going to do it again. You're not a horrible person. Right. You also sound kind of, to me, like uh, kind of like a nerd, like a, like a guy who doesn't get a lot of girls. So just enjoy the pussy you got for a little bit, the married pussy. It's kind of hot when you, think of, when you go back and think about it. You probably don't get it. You probably haven't gotten laid since. So use that while you masturbate and stuff. <laughs> um, we're gonna play this another is a great call. podcast. <laughs> we'll take another call. This is from Jill Galbraith. Do they want you to see I'm their full name? I'm calling because I love uh, electronic dance I music, 
and every time I go hard at the club or even just in my car, I wake up the next morning with a terrible neck ache, and I'm wondering if this is something that will kill me. Uh, but I'm also wondering if a life lived without electronic dance music is even worth living at all. So thank you very much for your time, and know. let me know if you have any suggestions. Bye. All right, let's not even answer that. I'm just gonna ignore her. I don't like. I don't like the call. You're an idiot. This is Vanessa Bassetti. I don't know. I just... I don't know what to do. I'm just super conflicted. I just... I, I'm... Six grand in debt. Not it's impossible okay. for me to make enough money to make up for that. But true. then how am yeah. I supposed to get my life moving and in the direction I want when I can't even start a savings account because everything keeps going into my debt? I just feel super overwhelmed and feel like I don't I don't really have an answer for once, I guess. So I just feel really lost. Like I feel like I'm just going with the motions and continuing to see the same results all the time. It's just... Kind of answered insane. your own problem. And I'm trying everything. I'm picking up jobs left and right and mm. doing as much as I can. I just, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin at this point. I mean, she said right in the call that she's doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. And six grand really isn't that nothing. much. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not nothing, but it's. First off, I'm of the, the opinion that if yeah. money problems are your problems, you don't really have problems. Like, because I've been really poor and compared to the problems in the world, it's a blessing. Like, even <clears throat> the poorest people in America still live amazing by world standards, you know? Yeah. $6,000, it's not that much money. In the uh, scheme of things, it isn't. No. It may feel like it in that moment. Six grand. I mean, it, you know, you could do a lot with six grand, but... Yeah, I mean, you just got to, to be honest, you just have to, if you want to get out of debt and build a savings account, if that's what you want to do, which I support and think is a good idea, I don't think yep. people should live in debt. I, I think you should never let yourself get into debt in the first place. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's circumstances, maybe you have a health issue or something right. that causes you to get in debt, but if you, if you live, student loans if it's not life or death, I think that someone minus student loans shouldn't, you should never take a car loan out. I agree you with you. I never, drive an old car. Yeah, get I an pay old my beer. credit. I, yeah. I pay my credit card off every it's month. That's, it's really easy to do that. But Vanessa, if you're listening six grand, you just got to chip away at it. So if, if you're really picking up other jobs and you can't chip away at your debt, then you're living your life too lavishly. You're living beyond your means. Yeah. And I, I wish we had more facts. Like, I don't know, uh, maybe going back to school so you could get a better paying job would be the answer. Maybe. I don't know uh, if bringing on a roommate would be the answer. I don't For know sure. if liquidating some of your assets would be an answer. Yeah. You know, like there are a lot of different ways to buy groceries instead of going out to eat. Shop at Ross, dress for less instead of Nordstrom. Cut out Starbucks. Just don't buy clothes for six yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, if if you're saying I can't see, I'm working all these jobs and I can't seem to get out of debt, then you're something's off with you. It doesn't matter what city you're in. Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't matter how much money you're making too. Until you learn how to live below your means. Yeah, like a friend of mine's a financial advisor, self-made millionaire. He's the real deal. And he was like, Steve, always remember, it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. 
and like he breaks my balls and but he's always like dude i'm proud of you he's like what oh, that's going in the saving oh, great he goes hey man you're living great you're doing everything right I'm like, ah, i don't know man but it, it comes down to those basics yeah it really it i mean i i heard a lot of this is happening to me and i can't get out of it but i think you know you can yeah but you're just not willing to compromise and sometimes you know not everything's going to go the way you want it. Yeah, and sometimes, like, you have to sort of suck it up. And, like, maybe, like I said, moving in a roommate or something like that. Mm-hmm. It won't seem fun or whatever, but it might be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, maybe you'll make a best friend. Maybe you'll start a business together. Maybe exactly. you'll become lovers. Who knows? That's what I want. I want to start looking for a female roommate that will become my lover. There you that go. That could be a good way to meet people because I don't need a roommate. Yeah. So I'll just... He could be very I'll trick, selective. I'll trick him into being my, or my woman. it could be a super hot chick, and then you would just hear her hooking up with other guys, and you that's cry the yourself down, to so That's sleep. the risk, because that's you can't risk. let her know that you're interested in her while you're while she's moving in. you got to play the, the roommate game, and then yeah, you're stuck in works. a one-year lease. Yeah. Damn it. I think it's better Flaws just... the plan. What yeah. if I stay up top, and they don't have to do it, but I just say as I'm interviewing. So just, you know, I'm, I am looking for a roommate, but... I also want the roommate to be my lover. <laughs> I think if you're that honest, and then, I yeah, think you're that honest. Works. It's like if she's not interested. Well, she we moves tried. on. We, yeah, we we met. Good okay, game. we went for it. And if she's interested, great. Yeah. And you could even well, but you could say offer them a discounted rent. But then it's like at if that you could point, be that direct, you could just do that to every chick that you see. You could just be like, "Hey, I'm looking for a lover." But this way, yeah, that you could do it. And then yeah, start true. with the lever and take the lever and turn it into a roommate. I think that's a much more common approach. That sounds healthier. What's the, have you ever lived with a woman? Mm. Just one? Yep. The, the, the last one? Last yeah, the girlfriend? last real girlfriend I had, yeah. Was, you guys lived together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you don't? Mm-mm. Are you guys still cool and talking? Yeah, we're still friendly. Yes. That's good. Yeah. You you seem like the type of guy that's friends with every ex-girlfriend you've ever had. <laughs> I try to be, but I think there's a distinction between friends and friendly. Right. You know, I'm friendly for sure. But I think it's like... Have you ever blocked an ex on social media? No. I don't let... I try... You know, it's so, I'm You're always... Mature. I'm always so afraid that like whatever I say, somebody's going to play it back to me. <laughs> like six years from there, we're like, oh, Really? Look at Mr. Happy now. Like, and it's like, I'll kill you. I you think know? I've had five girlfriends. And I think one, I think four out of five are blocked. On yeah, I, I try not to let. Have you ever read any of the Stoics? Uh-uh. Like Seneca or Marcus Aurelius. Like those guys had life figured out. And it's like you just sort of. Don't let your emotions go like... At pe- that point, it's me, huh? If four out of five girls yeah. I'm not talking to anymore, it's yeah. something with me. Yes. Yeah. That I can't handle a breakup. Yeah. All right. I got to work on that. Yeah. But the breakups are probably... They're always for the better, right? Oh, no. The breakups are good, but I'm saying the fact that I'm not cool with any of them. Like, I wouldn't even say... Fr- I think I'm literally friendly with one of them. If I, four out of five, if I saw them right now, it would be very uh, uncomfortable. Mm. It wouldn't be bad. No okay. authorities would be called. Well, I think it would be uncomfortable for everybody. But it kinda. would be like, 
Oh, this is weird because last time we saw each other, we were yelling at each other and don't talk. Haven't talked in years. Okay. See, yeah, I I work beyond that. Like, because there's definitely was a lot of yelling with my last relationship, and then we sort of like brought some peace to that. Yeah, you're a mature guy. Is there anything else you want to share with the world? Uh, no. Help SteveHelp.com. Please, just give a buck. I just want to really see if that works. <laughs> just, just give a buck. Just give a buck, man. Nobody <laughs> gives two bucks anymore. Well, that's because you say just give a buck. I know. If you just wanted buck, two bucks, man. you have to say just give two bucks. Just give but two just, bucks. I just want to get Bill Burr to cut a promo. And he's like, and if you don't want to give, then just go, go buck yourself. <laughs> that's all I want. That's all I want from the whole campaign. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty doable achievement. Mm-hmm. He would do it if I Does asked he him. have a charity himself or no? Uh, no, but he's definitely every, at the point where he could have one. Every time I've needed help, he's helped. Every time we needed oh, yeah, a headliner no. for a show, he's a nice and guy. And this is gonna—I have to reach out to Al after maybe tomorrow. But I want to try to get all things comedy behind this more because Al said he would do it, and it's just baby steps. It's only been up for two weeks, but I got pictures yesterday from Jalen's mom sending me all the stuff she bought with the money. And I was like, okay, this feels- Did she buy anything where you're like, hey, I didn't, we didn't get that money for you to get that, no. that fucking top? No. And honestly, I don't care. Like, <laughs> that's where I am with all, I'm like, hey, man, this is yours. Just go Hey, do I bought it. this handle of vodka. Hey, that's not why we raise money for you. That's, that's always the fear. Of, and I'm like, man, I don't care. Whatever people want or need, just let them take it. Did you see that news story of these people basically- did the same thing as a similar thing to you with the homeless guy. Yeah. And, and it was all a scam. Yeah. It was all a scam. Yeah. Yep. People are that crazy. was in Philly. That was so that was your hometown too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why with this, I was like, you can see that the money goes straight to this woman. Yeah. I could say I've known Steve for seven years. And if he did that, it would be shocking to not just me, but to an entire community of people and it could just never happen because he would have to leave his entire life. Yeah. So I trust that my buck is going to wherever yeah. you say it's going. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you want to take a little bit of it. <laughs> no. You're just oh, a, here's a question I do need advice with okay. and it's right on that topic. And this is funny. All right, I'll just tell it. It's not that big a thing. <laughs> just tell But uh, like... I whenever I walk down the street, I just always expect to find money, and I never do. On the street? Yeah, I just yeah. giggle to myself. I was like walking by my bank, and I'm like, I don't know why, but every time I walk by a bank, I just always expect to see money. And then I walked another block and crossed the street, and like my ba- my gym bag swung a little bit, so I had a, I looked at it, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw money on the ground, and I just picked it up. And there were people at a table that saw me pick it up, and this that's what's giving me guilt. So these people. How much right. was it? Let's start there. Eighty dollars. Well, that's significant. Yeah, I mean, not. Yeah, I mean, it is for it's, finding it's, money. It's a nice little score. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like lunch for everyone. So when you say you're feeling guilty about it, did you just what pick I did. it up, put it in your pocket, and, and run away? No, I didn't um, run away. I walked right by the those people, and like I gave them a look, and they didn't say anything. But then I saw two girls like a block ahead of me, and I went, "They probably dropped it." So I ran up to them and they thought I was a crazy person where I was like, did you drop any money? And they're like, they checked their stuff. They're like, no. 
And then I got home and I'm like, I guess I should keep it. Yeah, what could you do? No one's calling the local police station. Did anyone did anyone uh, <laughs> drop off eighty dollars they found? Exactly. There's nothing you really could have done. But I should you can't leave it there because then somebody else someone would just else take is it. gonna take it. The people who dropped the money aren't gonna go back to that spot. Oh phew, no one took my eighty dollars. Right. No, you've uh But I should probably just give it to the help Steve help, right? You give should it keep to it. The ch- really? No, you should keep it. Those are the few joys in life where, like, you find money and you go, score, I found, look, this pays for lunch for the week. Yeah. Like, those are the little joys in life. You give those all away. I mean, giving giving always feels nice, yeah. too. But you give a lot already. You're doing Yeah, that's this. what I'm trying to yeah. That's where I need help. I need yeah. help in learning how to take care of myself as well as helping others in the process. But like, And I'm doing that with spending a lot of alone time. Like well, to recharge. You know what it is? You just have to literally set limits. Yes. Boundaries. On how much you could help people. Yeah, just that's what life. I've been doing. So it's like, for example, you're not a rich guy. No. Nope. I know that. Not at all. So it's like, how much of your own money are you willing to donate to people? You can't, you just have to say, hey, I'm willing to donate 10% of my extra money. You know, I'm not yes. saying that needs to be the number, but right. but you have to set that ahead of time to where, so if someone says, hey, if you meet someone, they really need help, you go, man, I would love to help you, but I've literally already given away That's my what I'm getting better at, all month. that stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That and like, maybe I should spend the $80 on myself. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I think it's literally setting a limit ahead of time mm-hmm. so that there's no, oh, can I afford to help this person? Can I take the time right. out? Because right, it's not right, even right. just always money, too. It's, it's uh, That's the time. other thing, too, yeah, where I'm like, I have to learn how to budget that stuff. But I am getting, that's what's so cool about this campaign. Like, Al helped. Sal helped. David helped. All these other people are helping. Yeah. Because I, I got lost. Like, I got burnt out like four or five years ago where I was just giving 50 hours a week to charity stuff. Yeah, for, like, I can't relate as much as far as charity, I'm not as a charitable person as, as you or any of these people. But a lot of people do ask me for help on things, like just friends. Yeah, well, all your social media stuff and all the stuff with Brody and I, like where everybody's like, no, get yeah. Ari, get Ari. Get yeah, Ari. a lot of people do ask me and it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, of course I don't want to say no to people. No one, I don't think many people enjoy saying no on anything. I don't think right. Adam enjoys saying no to comedians who ask him for spots or yeah. to do that. I don't think anyone likes that That's feeling. why I'm afraid it's to ask t- anybody for anything. Yeah, and that is me too. I don't ask anyone for anything. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad feeling to say no, but you at some point you have to say, I have this amount of time I could allot to other people. Yeah. And I just have to prioritize that's what, what I've been. The things I'm going to help with. Right. Because now I'm going, dude, I need that alone time to recharge. Yeah. I need that. Like, so just recently somebody was like, no, 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 no. You have to schedule that into your schedule. Like it was a, a podcast with Ari. Yeah. Where you go, no, no, no. You're going to the beach on Friday. So if right. somebody calls you and says, can you do my podcast? You're like, no, I'm it already has booked. To be, or it has to be, you know, obviously if Joe Rogan asks you to do the podcast, you do it. But you you do it. Unfortunately, you just have to weigh the thing that someone that that you see ahead of you and go, is this something that I need to take on? Yeah, cost life? benefit analysis type yeah. thing. Cool. Do you want to come to Langer's with me and Meyerowitz? I am hungry, dude. Langer's is in the valley. It's downtown, Sixth and Alvarado. What part of town do you live in? The valley. I live in Sherman Oaks. 
And my, but Josh lives over here, right? Yeah, he lives in Los Feliz. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be on this side of the hill. His birthday was on Saturday. Oh, he lives in, he moved. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he used to live at Marty's. Yep. So now I'm going to pick him up and then we're going to go downtown. Dude, it's the best pastrami. I've been there once. Langer's would be a great deli in Philly. The fact that it exists out here is a miracle. I would love to go, but I'm meeting someone at 115. Okay. See, there you go. That was yeah. one of those situations. Real life example of showing me how to have boundaries. Well, but I literally have already, I would have to cancel on no, my yeah, other yeah. brand. That's what I'm boundaries. saying. Yeah, yeah. Man. All right. Well, thanks Dude, for doing this the was podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this was for, great. Thanks for doing Will it. Will you come on Good Times? Because I want to hear your military school stories. I would love to. Because Randolph was like, oh, dude, Ari's got stories. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, it's a good story. Because I want to hear all about it because I have a friend of mine that went to a military school in Texas. It's definitely a unique thing. This was in New Mexico, which is right next to Texas. Yeah. And it's definitely something where if I meet someone who also did it, yeah. We are instantly bonded, and it's just a unique... You can't put it in the military. Words. It's weird because when I talk about it, I almost... I want, I don't want... It sounds like... I don't, I don't know what the feeling is. I don't like bringing it up because I don't want to sound... I don't know, like... Bra- not braggy, yes, but like... That's, I know I've been exactly. through it, and I don't want to... Yeah. It's, but it's definitely unique. Yeah, it'd be a good story for the podcast, for sure. Cool. And we'll talk skateboard stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's awesome. do it. Dude, thank you so much for letting me hang out. Thanks for doing it. Right, bye, bye, buddy. You're listening to, you're listening to unlicensed. 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 Therapy with Ari Manis. Ari